Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. When I started out and I was still trying to figure out, you know, how do I explain this to people, what what I'm trying to create here? I definitely got the questions of like, oh, well, you know, I, I've, I've heard of sex games at Spencer's. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but the intention behind Tango was really to spark variety in intimate communication. So we've got games that will last for days. You know, there's there's a, a coded game that we call deep undercovers, right? And so you have like these little code words that you um, say to each other. <laughs> there are some other- And only the two of you know what that means. Exactly. But you're yes. saying it in yeah. front of everybody else. Shh. Right? Like I can say to my partner, like, oh man, I am just dying for a sangria with extra limes. Like, wink, wink. <laughs> and no one knows what that means, but we do. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. I am Jenny Midgley, and I'm here with Sarah Madras. And welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff. This is the show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Today, we are talking to Candace Smith. She is a sex educator and CEO of Tango a couple's subscription box bringing playful passion into the bedroom with guided games that scientifically promote better intimacy. She has been featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Allure, Bustle, and the queen herself, Oprah Magazine, and helps fantastic couples with more ways to connect. Welcome to the show, Candace. Ooh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about all this. I'm excited too. After being married for 10 years, I'm like, tell me all the good stuff. (laughs) So what I love when I learned about you, Candace, is that because people are always like, oh, another sex box. Great. And I was like, no, people, this is intimacy, connection. This is based on science. Like you went to freaking Harvard for this stuff. So tell us about your journey. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, I think that was one of the big struggles that I had to overcome as an entrepreneur when I first got started. People were like, oh, you, so you do a sex box. And I'm like, well, it's not exactly like the birch box for dildos. Or right. Anything. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> there, there, is a, there is a method to this madness. Right. Uh, I didn't have any sex ed growing up. I don't know about you, but it wasn't really something that my family liked to talk about. And I didn't really have any healthy intimacy modeled for me either. So when I got into Harvard and I saw that they had these classes in um, sexuality studies, much to, I I think my family's horror, I I decided, (laughs) I I took it and I loved the class and, and decided to keep going with that major. I learned how to critically analyze porn. Mm-hmm. which was which was great because that really was my first introduction to right. sex and my my sex ed as it were but and honestly it's a lot of people's first introduction yeah. to sex yeah. oh yeah yep. it's it's shocking yep. but really it didn't translate into relationship success mm-hmm. i really didn't learn how to communicate about what my needs were i didn't learn how to communicate about pleasure about intimacy about even just speaking up when i wanted something i felt a lot of anxiety around that so mm-hmm. i didn't do that for a very long time and after i graduated i kind of threw myself into that as like a, a personal passion project figuring out what makes for healthy intimacy figuring out what makes for healthy exploration of self and pleasure and I ended up becoming an educator, got my 
my master's in secondary education, went into Teach for America. And one of the big things that I really enjoyed focusing on was this idea of using gamification for learning and using gamification to create bonds. So I For did those that, listening, you do is, not know what gamification yeah. means. Can oh, you yes. clarify that? Yeah, first, absolutely. So As I'm sitting here going, that's a new word. And it has not <laughs> shown up in word, my word though, of the day right? email. <laughs> gamification is when you take something, anything really, and just turn it into a game. So you take the elements of gameplay, maybe it's creating rules, having rewards, having a point system where every time you do something right, you get another point. Those are all elements of gamification, and they've been shown in studies to successfully improve learning by twofold, threefold, fivefold uh, when you use it in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I was focused specifically on project-based learning because... You know, I, I personally felt like the lecturer standing at the front of the room is not necessarily going to be as good of a teaching model mm -hmm. for students. And so I wanted to focus on like hands-on learning and my students thrived with project-based. And so going back to my personal passion project, uh, I started thinking about the connection between like hands-on projects and the bedroom. Mm -hmm. There's like, what's more hands-on than sex? So I figured with all of the studies coming out saying that, you know, couples who talk about sex have better sex, but not really explaining how mm -hmm. to talk about it. What better way to marry those two things? Right. Of course, this is, this is all like me being very like in my academic brain, you know, trying to distill the science of better sex mm -hmm. into these hands-on experiences that are fun and enjoyable to talk about and, and add some spice and variety into the bedroom. When you were talking, it was making me think of my time as a play therapist, because essentially it was taking therapy and using games to get emotions out, mm -hmm. teach emotional intelligence, yeah. explore different feelings, explore different social situations, things like that. And there's such power in having that medium that creates that just a little bit of distance, especially for when you're talking about things that are uncomfortable. Couples who have been in relationships or families who didn't ever talk about it. So they don't mm -hmm. know how. So to have that tool of the game to provide that little bit of distance to make it easier where you have the questions to prompt or the games to play and things mm -hmm. like that. It's a great way to facilitate it and take some of that discomfort out because there's that medium right there between you where you can hide behind the game, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Absolutely. While you're learning to be more comfortable with it. Yeah. And I think there's, there's something to be said about, about just having playfulness in your relationship to begin with, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really trying to mindfully cultivate that. I think that the longer that we spend time in a relationship, the more you fall into a pattern, it mm -hmm. becomes very familiar and that over time can become stale. Mm -hmm. The games that we include in, in the tango kits are all about just really tapping into that, that sense of playfulness and even silliness. We've had couples writing back to us saying they were laughing hysterically. They were like, this is like kind of like a dirty family game night. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. But just with us too. Just, like just, just with us. Not with, with the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at comedians. You know, they're dealing with some of the darkest mm -hmm. topics in humanity, but they turn it into laughter because laughter is one of the best ways to discuss topics and, and to and to make things lighter. It's the way to diffuse, right? Yeah. You're that uh, fire extinguisher that's going to put out that little teeny 
buzzing thing that's going to end up blowing up the TNT, that laughter can completely diffuse that situation. I (laughs) I think, like, as you're talking and I'm thinking about sex games, right? Like, I'm thinking, like, (laughs) that could get, like, that could go one extreme, right? Like, that you're talking you know, 50 shades gaming or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, are we talking like the fun, pure romance? You throw the dice and strip poker. Is it the full spectrum that are in the tango? <laughs> like where, do, yeah. where, where does one go and yeah. <laughs> understand what, like, how do I pick the extreme, which I'm going to receive in my tango box? Right, right. No, that that's an awesome question. There is a spectrum of kits. So each of the kits has a different theme. In fact, I didn't start out saying I want to create a sex subscription box. It was really, I had this idea of how to really facilitate intimate communication, make it playful. And I thought the subscription box was the best vehicle for that because we can put our themes into different kits. And so when you go to our website at the beginning, it asks you, what is your bed venture? What Do you want to try? Do you want to connect with your partner more deeply? Do you want to kind of rekindle, add that playfulness back, add that flirtation back? Or do you already know what you want perhaps? And maybe you just want to go deeper, right? And that would be our explore kits, right? So we've got things that like control, which is in the realm of that Fifty Shades play, uh, restraint, which is more shibari, erotic spanking. So we've got the Art of Spank kit, which we actually produced in conjunction with a spanking expert. There are spanking experts out there in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> Who would have thug? There's a spanking expert. Right. Yeah. So we, we well, teach the tools. What I think sets you apart, though, is because I've had you know, I'm lucky enough to have been able to see the demo kit and really get a feel for it. And what drew me to you is that I actually wouldn't even call it a sex kit. I would call Mm. it intimacy. Mm. Yeah. To me, sex is such a sacred uh, connection and it's really emotional as well as physical. Like it's, it's spiritual. It's like all these things, right? Like the wholehearted. Yeah. And so to just call it a sex box kind of just limits to it to the physical and your stuff isn't your stuff True. is addressing like the games are saying, let's create the emotional the intimacy first. Mm-hmm. Let's create the intimacy through the connection. And then yes, to the physical act to where we're both being, you know, pleasured, but Yours is connecting all three, not just limited to the physical. And I think that that's what sets you apart. And that's what I was like, oh, we need to have her on the show because she's a girl who's doing stuff in a different way <laughs> than everybody else. Helping out there. others do the things that does, you know, yep. can end up making the stuff. Well, I, of I babies. appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, can I, can I have you like write some branding? For me? Like, that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. I love, I loved yeah. all of that. Mental notes. When I started out, and I was still trying to figure out, you know, how do I explain this to people, what what I'm trying to create here? I definitely got the questions of like, oh, well, you know, I, I've, I've heard of sex games at Spencer's. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And I'm not, I'm not hating on those or saying that, that you shouldn't try those things out. But the intention behind Tango was really to spark variety in intimate communication. So we've got games that will last for days. We've had couples that just play them without even being in the bedroom. Let's say like they're they're far away or they're going away on trips and things like that. And so, you know, there's there's a, a coded game 
that we call deep undercovers, right? And so you have like these little code words that you um, say to each other and like try to catch each other off guard in public maybe, or like um, <laughs> there are some other- And only the two of you know what that means. Exactly. But you're That's, saying it in yeah. front of everybody else. Shh. Right? Like I could say to my partner like, oh man, I am just dying for a sangria with extra limes. Like- Wink, wink. <laughs> and no one knows what that means, but we do. Yep. Um, but that builds up that anticipation, right? Because yes. that's like a huge part of that physical connection and mm-hmm. that excitement and building up, you know, because sex starts in the mind. It doesn't yes. start yes. just because you, you know, it starts with your, you know, with what you see and what you touch and what you smell and what you taste and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about like building that anticipation over days. Yes. Right? Like, that could be explosive. Yes, just smart. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite games, actually, has to do with what I call rules and punishments. Right? So, adding a little little element. (laughs) Fun punishments, right? Yes. Adding that little element of the Fifty Shades without, like, having a red room of pain in your basement. Mm -hmm. Right. And even bring, like, the everyday of chores into this. Thing, you know, so maybe you've got like a division of labor in your household and, you know, one person is asked to take out the trash. And if they do it by 5 p.m. on Friday and they, they do it without fail and you go and check and they've done it, it's like, yes, okay, you get your reward that we've agreed upon beforehand. And it can be something erotic, it can be something silly, but maybe they didn't. Maybe it's 501 and they didn't do it. And instead of having an argument about it or getting defensive or uh, you know, passive aggressive about it. You can say, all right, well, it's 501. You didn't take out the trash yet. But now it's time for your punishment. And so that could be anything, you know, that could be like, well, now, now you're my little pleasure slave for, <laughs> for the weekend right. and you get to do whatever I say, you know, but, but it keeps that fun element back in it mm-hmm. without making it something uncomfortable. Right. Our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. GoPrime Mortgage Incorporated, company NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. GoPrime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. 
in the sense of play. Play is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, my husband and I have been together for almost 16 years. I could never do the trash thing because it's my son's responsibility to take out the trash. But there are other things that we could totally do yeah. that. And, you know. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. The Tango kit is a, a kit for couples who, you know, maybe already feel fine and, and want to go next level. That's actually something that I've thought a lot about when uh, creating the kit because I didn't, I wanted it to be as inclusive as possible to anybody at any stage of their relationship where maybe intimate communication could be completely new to them. Mm-hmm. That's been a part of phase two that we're working on rolling out for Tango in 2020 is focusing on creating additional supplemental support. So how can we provide a user guide at the beginning that shows you and and gives you suggestions of how to change it up? You know, maybe the trash suggestion isn't uh, going to work, but maybe there's something else, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can modify. Um, encouraging you to switch up roles, encouraging you to get extra support. If you feel like, you know, you're hitting a roadblock with intimate communication, we want to start partnering with relationship specialists and therapists that can actually use this as homework because the games are instructional Mm -hmm. so that you can start to build these habits. If you've got a, a foundation of trust in your relationship and maybe there's just like these patterns that you've fallen into, maybe you're in the roommate rut or something like that, you know, you can come back from that. And I think that's one of the, the um, intentions that I had in, in starting this is, is trying to re rekindle that hope as well within yourself. Because I used to be in a relationship, well, actually for many years when I was doing all of my research, I was struggling to express myself in relationships and I ended up in a sexless relationship. And at that point, I personally felt broken. I was like, there, I don't, I don't feel anything down there. I don't feel any kind of desire. I don't know how to talk about this with my partner. I feel really isolated and ashamed. So how did you come through that? How did you come out of that? What what was that like? Well, for a while it I mean, to be honest, it sucked. <laughs> it was really terrible for a while. And that relationship ended up ending. You know, it snowballed. It it was, you know, month after month after month of coming home, sitting on the couch, pulling out your phone, turn on the TV. Now you got two screens that are distracting you from potentially interacting with your partner, sitting on opposite ends like, God, I hope he doesn't touch me um, because then I'll have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to make an excuse or I'll have to give in. And then that cycle of guilt and resentment yeah, starts. Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time in my yeah. work with couples. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, it's very much like this, this cycle. Um, and it's very disempowering. And so that relationship ended. It was almost a relief by that point mm-hmm. because it had gotten so bad. And I again, still had been doing all this reading, doing all this research. Now, this is not a traditional, necessarily traditional way of getting the spark back. But (laughs) I was living in New York at the time. And I just started experimenting and and dating. So a little bit of backtracking my story in uh, one of my favorite classes at Harvard, we learned a lot about relationship power dynamics and, and the dynamics of consent and, and, of course, looking at the different types of relationships that were out there. And I started learning about the kinky community. And I was like, that's not real. That's not a th- I've never heard about that. <laughs> Again, remember, internet, mm-hmm. sex ed. Yep. Very sheltered. 
child. There's a lot of sex positivity and openness to experimentation, especially when you're in a city like New York. And so I started dating and and like seeing what that scene was like Mm -hmm. and just trying to figure out for myself, you know, what, what is it like to actually openly negotiate with a partner what you want to do? I had never spoken openly about what I wanted and what I didn't want. Or how did you even know what it was? Right. Like, yeah. Like, how do you find the words? How do you, how do you describe what you want or what you don't until you try and you're like, Oh no. Or yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? Enthusiastic. Like, yes. yes. Um, right. It's yeah. Yeah. So I think for me starting to just become more sex positive in my own, in my own thought pattern, starting to date people who were more open about communication sexually, that in and of itself re-sparked my, my passion and my libido. And one day I, I was like, Oh, I feel something like, I, I think I think I may be down with this. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm back. And so for me, that was that was kind of my my journey and my exploration. Being able to to go to a play party, for example, in New York and be like, this is not my scene. Right. And you know what? I'm cool with that. Right. That's, but but you know what? Party. For those of us that don't know, what is a play party? I'm like, are we allowed to talk are about that on the air? That will be the I don't know. I, I, I hesitated like for a second before I said <laughs> Like, like, what wow. words can we use that don't make this too graphic? But yeah, no, like, but is it like, it's a, it's a, is it a, a new sex? word for an orgy or is um, <laughs> just not, curious. not necessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that does happen. It's a space that is curated with people who have been pre-selected beforehand, kind of like a little background check, mm-hmm. like yeah, know, yeah. making sure that everyone's safe and there are actually rules of conduct when you go in that you must not touch anybody without their consent. There's actually just a lot of people. I spent a lot of time just standing, looking around, chatting with people mm-hmm. and just being like, so what brings you here? You know, what, what are your interests? What are you into? And, you know, someone can uh, come over and be like, Hey, may I blank? And if you're like, no, I'm not really into that. Thank you. Then that's it. And that was, that was my experience. I was like, wow, this is really open. And so, and then there's like couches around and like places for you to go and little rooms for privacy. If you want, if you want that Isn't privacy. there like a Tom just, Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie about that? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've been meaning to watch that. I keep getting told that I need to see that movie. There yeah. You go. It's, there you go. It's a little intense. I found out that, that the, the play party scene was not personally for me, right. but right. it was part of my journey to see like, you know, what, what am I actually into? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. And I can't advocate for myself if I don't know what right. I want. It's kind of how I feel about body connection because body connection has such a huge correlation with intimacy and mm-hmm. sex mm-hmm. itself. So, and I love too that when we were talking before you have the kit for that healing, like there's yes. a healing kit and then essentially like a body connection kit where you're figuring out who you're, what your body is and what you like on your own, right? It's your own self-exploration. And I know like I've worked with clients who they've never actually touched their body. And I'm not talking in a sexual way. I'm talking about when I, she was like, well, when I take a shower, I use a loafah. So her hand actually never touches her skin. 
Wow. And so that's how disconnected yeah. she was from her body because there was so much, you know, body shame and body hatred that there was always something in between her skin, clothing or the loafah in the shower mm-hmm. or things like that. So talk to us about how you feel body connection and healing your relationship with your body, how that impacts intimacy. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you're carrying shame in your body or towards your body, it's very difficult to be able to show up and fully be present in the experience. There's such a performative aspect to sex, right? You, you feel like you have to put on a mask, you have to put on a mm-hmm. show, you got to be sexy and you got to do this and you have to do that. And especially if you feel ashamed, you may not want to show up fully. You may be putting on a mask and putting on a mask requires a lot of mental energy. It requires a lot of hiding. Right, you're dissociating. You're dissociating. Mm-hmm. Um, Attaching from your true self. Yep. Exactly. And and frankly, you know, having that that pure 100%, like you are present in the moment. The thoughts come, but they go. And like really being there is one of the most beautiful things that you can experience as a human being. And you just don't have that when you are feeling stuck in shame in your body. And I, I've had clients, so I, I do intimacy coaching and sex education. I've had clients come to me saying like, you know, well, I really don't touch myself down there. That's for my partner. And I'm like, how could you let your, how do you think your partner will know what you want if you can't explain it to them? Mm-hmm. Your partner is not a mind reader. Mm-hmm. You know, they want you to tell them what feels good. I mean, I, I faced it myself. I faced, I had a lot of body shame and I, f- I was faking it. I was faking it for years. Sorry, past partners, if you hear that. But like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I couldn't show up authentically right. in the bedroom. And there was always this feeling of like, oh God, well, how, how much light is shining in this room right now? You know, mm-hmm. do we have to draw the blinds? Do we have to get the lights totally off? You know, don't worry about going down there. No, 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 I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Right. It, it ends up being, like you said, it's association mm-hmm. and you're missing out. You're missing out on, on so much potential for a much richer experience in all of the ways, right? right. Physically, emotionally, mentally, and physically, mm-hmm. spiritually. spiritually. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the relation between, because for me growing up, I developed at a very young age. And so I had all these experiences of being a sexually objectified, mm-hmm. like couldn't even just walk to the bus stop without feeling unsafe because somebody's driving by, you know, yeah. Call call an hour, like, like the turning around. Boys in fifth grade that are snapping your bra because oh, you're that the happened only one to me wearing, in fourth grade. Well, yeah. Yes, totally. And yeah. oh, like man. it started early, and so of how the correlation between like having those experiences that, especially with the Me Too movement, like it's so prevalent of it's happening and has happened to us so long. Like I, it happened to me all the way out through from fourth grade to eighth grade to go from experiencing that and being seen as a sexual object to then being able to heal that and be able to express yourself and explore sexuality. And use that as a strength. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so difficult. I mean, so that is another aspect of my story that I don't talk about too much, but it is one of the reasons why when I created the Tango Kit, I knew that I wanted to find an, a, a trauma expert to collaborate with to create a healing kit, um, a, a pleasure-positive healing kit for partners to be, to be able to 
you know, have a, have a fun experience together, have the communication skills necessary to, you know, safely talk about boundaries and, you know, be able to really empathize with each other around whatever the shared experience or, or single experience is. But for me, I was actually sexually assaulted in high school and I was slut shamed for it, which was very odd for me at the time because it, it was, it became this, this matter of, you know, I, I asked for it. I thought the guy was cute, you know, and that's all the things that they were telling you or the oh, lies oh, in your head. And oh, absolutely. Like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something I, I didn't really talk to. I didn't, haven't talk to my family about. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was just something that I, I internalized and, and kept going. And when when you have an experience like that and you haven't actively healed mm -hmm. and you push that down, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your physiology. Mm -hmm. It's the thoughts in your mind that become the hormones that your brain produces that then go into your body and very mm -hmm. physically become a part of the way that you walk and talk and, yep. and carry yourself. And, and gets trapped in you physically. It does. It, it, it in your muscles. 150% why, you know, you go with a partner when you're, you know, sit, sitting on the couch at night and just going, I hope he doesn't touch me. I hope right. there's yeah. no, like yeah. all of those things because it does become that part of your narrative. Yeah. And when you have experienced something like the, the shaming thing like that gets me like that, that gets me for no other reason than it's completely and utterly a false narrative. Oh, absolutely. Right. So it's to make, so they feel better, mm -hmm. right? Like it's not about you. It's so that they feel better, but then it becomes about you. And then you have to deal with all the fallout. In retrospect, especially, I think that, my body became a weapon that I used against myself. Mm. It became something where, you know, I could be in a situation and I would, and I would again put myself in an unsafe space, you know, with people who I wasn't necessarily sure that they would look out for me. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I relived that mm -hmm. multiple times throughout my twenties. Such a powerful insight to say mm -hmm. that you, yes. your body became a weapon that you used against yourself. Like, I, well, and to realize that the narrative that you created, you were then repeating that narrative. Yep. Like you, that yeah. you were on an unconscious, like now you know it at the time, but at the moment you didn't realize, oh, this experience that I had, I created this negative narrative and now I have this limiting belief about it. Yeah. And so I'm going to recreate these experiences over and over again. Mm -hmm. I'm an intros introspective person. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've been thinking about this stuff for a while, but I think it, it especially came to the forefront when the first story started coming out in Me Too. Mm -hmm. And I was reading them and I was like, holy crap, that's me. Right. That's me. Like I see myself in these dating stories. I see myself in these relationship stories. I see myself in, you know, and, and, it, and it became this question of, you know, if we as women are taught to silence ourselves, if we're taught to please our partners and compromise away the things that we want, you know, what is it? A good girl on the streets and a freak in the sheets, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Ladies sit pretty and ladies mm -hmm. sit pretty, mm -hmm. right? And modesty and prudence and and shame. If we're socialized to put on this this front of not speaking up for what we want and and internalizing and hiding, you know, how does that? Even when we get into relationships, how does that affect us and affect our ability to speak up for what we really need? and what we really want and what we really don't want, 
right? Because I think there's a lot to be said as well with the prevalence of women who have pain during sex, during penetrative sex, Mm -hmm. and they don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And you can have the most loving relationship with a partner who you absolutely adore and who adores you, and you're afraid to speak up about the pain that you feel Mm -hmm. because you don't, because why? Because you don't want to hurt their feelings, because you don't want to um, make them upset. Because you want to be dutiful. You want to be dutiful. And you Mm -hmm. don't want to admit that there could potentially be something wrong with you. Oh, sure. Right? Like, oh, there's that other aspect. Like, then with there's your like body this whole and the pelvic floor thing, and right. everything. Like, yeah. there's this whole other kind of elephant in the room that's like, if yeah. there's something, if I'm broken, how can I ever, when in reality, you're not even broken. You're not broken. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's just something that maybe you need to tweak the way that you mm-hmm. do exactly. the things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it made me start to think about intimate communication. Yeah. And how we don't have education around how to have healthy no. relationships none zero and i'm like girl preach <laughs> that's why what? i do what i do yes. what? <laughs> right that is another kind of deeper part of my narrative story of of how that all got started with with tango and thinking you know what what are ways we could think outside of the box mm-hmm. to right. encourage adults to have healthier relationships mm-hmm. Without like saying, sit down and read this book, you right. know? Yeah. How can um, we make it fun for them? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But like sex isn't a dirty word. That's another part of this narrative, right? These conversations are not taboo, right? Yeah. If you're with someone who, with whom you've committed, who you're creating relationships and children and, you know, whether they're, you know, two-legged or four-legged furry ones or whatever, like whoever you've chosen to, to do this life with, Right. That you should be able to have these conversations where you are more open and vulnerable and like it's hard. Right. Because we're not taught. Nobody knows how to do it. But like to say like, hey, I found something on my boob. Can you look at it? Right. Yeah. Well, and if you are in a, you know, monogamous relationship, you're going to be with this person. You're going to only be sexual this with this person for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is, why not learn all the tools, have all the fun to make it the most amazing sex you've ever had? Right. Like, like yeah. why wouldn't you want to do that? Exactly. Like, all oh, that, you know, to, to think of spending a lifetime with like mundane, like, mm-hmm. wah, wah, that was okay. Right. Well, it reminds <laughs> like, me of like- It just breaks my heart. It totally does. It reminds me of that chapter in um, Girl, Wash Your Face where uh, Rachel Hollis talks about how she and Dave do Sexy September. Where they have sex yeah. every day for the month of September. Like that was yeah. whatever they tried. And it was like <laughs> the like the most. And that was the thing. Like why wouldn't you want to have mind blowing orgasms every right. day? Like I'm <laughs> like, honey, when can we go to a Tantra workshop? Like when right. can we. Like, <laughs> like, and like, how many to- of these boxes are we ordering today? <laughs> so I'm going to need you to put one of those right. on. Okay, Candice. Yeah. I'm going to need you to host. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm available whenever, whenever you are. Alrighty, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire as we. Yeah. Yeah, close we're gonna have on to wrap our up way soon. out. Okay, right. so are right. you ready? So the rapid fire is like the first thing that comes to your head and you just answer it. Oh boy. Okay. What is this going to reveal? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Behind door number one. No. <laughs> what is the number one thing on your bucket list? Traveling to every country in the world. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Where is your favorite place to unwind? Oh, okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind is really sappy, but I love just unwinding with my partner and like putting my head on his chest after a long day and just 
That's yeah. not sappy. That's, that's sweet. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's just intimacy, intimacy right there. True. That's what I was that's just going to say. Took the words. So that's true. intimacy. Yep. If you could go back and advise yourself in the past, what age would you go back to and what would you say? Oh, I would go back to myself at early childhood and, and say, girl, you got this. Like, it gets better. Don't mm-hmm. worry. You know, you are so much more powerful than you ever ever could imagine mm-hmm. yeah that's what i would say to myself yep so now tell us what is next for you and how can people connect with you uh, what's next we are well we're launching a crowdfund on january 15th through february 15th for tango to launch Tango 2.0. So some of the things that I mentioned around creating these partnerships, creating some new kits and the self-pleasure kit, et cetera. So I will be posting about all of that on my social media. So you can find our website at www.tango.love and our social handles are all at the Tango Kit. So Twitter at the Tango Kit, Instagram at the Tango Kit, Facebook at the Tango Kit. And so, yeah, please uh, consider supporting and sharing. We're going to need as much help and support as we can get to reach our goals. So, and and we're going to have some really cool rewards too. So there's going to be quickie kits, which is like a half size kit, uh, full size kits, and then some other goodies as well. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. I love what you are doing in the world to bring education to intimacy and how you are going above and beyond of it's not just a sex kit it's all about intimacy and connection and connection yep, that next level yep the emotional physical and the spiritual so thank you for that thank you yeah. so much yeah all right so you've been listening to the girls who do stuff podcast we are the girls who do stuff i am jenny i am sarah madras you, you do, do you boo. boo we love making this stuff for you You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.